The scripture reading for this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Beloved brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, the message of the Bible is utterly opposed to the values of our culture. Today's society believes in, the, in a plurality of ways, a plurality of truths, and a plurality of lifestyles. No one has the right to impose on others the way, the truth, or the lifestyle they believe in. So the message of the Bible is very shocking because Jesus Christ claims exclusivity. Listen to what our Lord says in our text. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is certainly one of the most exclusive claims that Christ ever made. In fact, it is both inclusive and exclusive. It is inclusive in the sense that it applies to everyone. No one comes to the Father except through me. All men, all women are called to come to the Father through Jesus Christ. No matter which culture they belong to, no matter which language they speak, no matter the day and age into which they were born, no matter the religion to which they belong. Yet, Jesus' claim is also exclusive in the sense that it excludes any other way to come to the Father. Jesus Christ is the only way, the one and only way. He is the absolute truth. He is the one and only source of life. For many people, Jesus' claim is too inclusive because they don't want it to be applied to themselves. They refuse that option for themselves. They don't want to consider his call. At the same time, they find it too exclusive because there is no other choice. There is no room for any other option. Inevitably, Christians are seen as narrow-minded, And yes, the way that leads to life is a narrow one, says our Lord, but it is an effective one. To those who believe in him, Christ really gives what he promises. For all those who have received the privilege of being enlightened by the Holy Spirit, that statement is not shocking at all. On the contrary, It is our greatest joy. Jesus Christ is what we desperately need. He is the way. He is the truth. 
He is the life. We will look at these three aspects in that order. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Yes, Christ says an amazing thing here. I am the way. In John chapter 13 to 17, we see Jesus gathering his disciples for an intimate and peaceful meeting in order to prepare them for the raging storm that is about to come. Christ announces to his disciples that they cannot follow him where he is going. So Peter asks him in John 13, verse 36, Lord, where are you going? And then as in verse 37, Lord, why can I not follow you now? Peter is astonished. He has left everything in order to follow the Messiah. And now he is being told that he cannot follow his master. Peter does not understand. Christ must travel a path reserved to him only, the path leading to the cross. This also is exclusive. He alone must go to the cross. No other one can do that. Jesus explains to his disciples why he must soon leave them to go back to the Father. He says in John 14, verse 1 to 3, Let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you to myself. Jesus is preparing them for great things. His vicarious death, his victorious resurrection, his glorious ascension. But all this is beyond anything they can understand. Thomas says to him in verse 5, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? How can we know the way? The Lord does not answer Thomas' question directly, but his answer is absolutely clear. Verse 6, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The important thing here is not so much the place where Jesus is going. It's very important, yes. But the, the important thing here that Christ underlines is Jesus' own person, who he is, and what it means to be united with him. Christ is the way. What does it mean? A way presumes a point of departure and a point of arrival. The point of departure is us, in our sins, in our misery. The point of arrival is God the Father in his holiness and glory. But how are we to travel the road in between the two points. How can we get rid of our corruption and go to the holy triune God? In the beginning, Adam and Eve enjoyed full and perfect fellowship with God. The way to God was wide open. 
but man turned against his creator. As a consequence, the way was blocked. The holy God cannot welcome sinners into his presence. Ever since that day, human beings have come up with all kinds of ways in hope of finding a solution to their deepest problem. At the time of the Roman Empire, people believed in many gods. This is called, this is called polytheism. Christians refused to worship false gods. They were persecuted because they believed that Christ was the only way to God. Nowadays, many people believe that all the different ways, all the different religions, all the different beliefs and behaviors lead to the mountaintop. They are all right, all correct. This is called pluralism. In such a context, we can expect as Christians to be persecuted too. We believe that Christ is the only way, excluding all the others, so we don't fit in this pluralistic thinking. In the midst of this pluralism, Christ's words ring out loud and clear, I am the way. Christ doesn't say, I have come to show you the way, or I have come to teach the right way. No. He says, I, myself, am the way. Of course, Christ teaches the way. Even the Jews acknowledge that fact. We, we read in Mark 12, verse 14, we know that you teach the way of God in truth. And of course, Christ guides us on the way. Old Zechariah said the Messiah had come to guide our feet into the way of peace. Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 79. All this is true, yet Jesus Christ is far more than that. He is the way to the Father. He is the only mediator between God and man. He says here in John 14, verse 9, He who has seen me has seen the Father. We are not saved through abstract principles, mathematics formulas, or universal cosmic forces. Neither philosophy, nor science, nor technology, nor New Age beliefs can provide the way for us. We are saved through one person, a unique person, the only one in the world namely Jesus Christ, true God and true man, without any sin. God is a personal being who wants a personal relationship with us. Man's communion with God is blocked because of sin. We set ourselves at odds with God, cutting off our relationship with Him because of our transgressions. Our fundamental problem is not that we are in need of better education, better health, greater inner peace, or greater harmony with the cosmic energy. Our fundamental problem 
is that we are in conflict with our Creator. It's a relationship problem, a spiritual problem, a moral problem. We need to be reconciled with God. Christ is the way because reconciliation with God is made possible and real through Him alone. He is the only person able to reconcile us to God. I am the way, he says. How can the obstacle of sin be removed? Through Christ's death on the cross. He came to pay our debt. He was punished in our place. He humbled himself. He suffered. He died in order to remove the obstacle. He paved the way so we could have free access to the Father. It is through him only that we can regain this living and personal relationship with the Father. So let us come. Let us come to the Father through him. Let us follow his path. Let us rejoice in our reconciliation to God. Each time we fall into sin again, the devil comes and whispers into our ears, how could God ever forgive you and accept you when you are sinning like this? Let's not despair. Christ, the righteous one, died for the unrighteous. When I hear such wonderful good news, tears come to my eyes, and I, I say to myself, how could I still sin against my God, who is so gracious to me? By the power of His Spirit, I want to strive to sin no more, for I am His child by grace. Let us rejoice. The way into God's presence is now open forever. But Christ says another amazing thing in this text. He says, I am the truth. In the beginning, Adam and Eve had the privilege of knowing God and of knowing truth. Their hearts and minds were filled with the pure light of truth. Truth about God, truth about themselves, truth about the world in which they lived. But the devil came to spread the darkness of lies. Lies about the word of God. Has God indeed said? Lies about the consequences of sin. You will not surely die. Lies about God's good intentions and about the devil's false promises. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. When Adam and Eve sinned, their hearts were engulfed into that lie. Their lives plummeted into illusion and deceit. Ever since that day, man has preferred lies to the truth. His mind and heart are filled with the darkness of lies. In the midst of all these lies that surround us, lies about God, 
lies about us, lies about the world in which we live, lies about our origin, our purpose, our destiny. Christ's words ring out loud and clear. I am the truth. Many people do not believe that there is such a thing as absolute truth anymore. If you dare tell someone that you know the truth, you very well know that the answer might be, just who do you think you are? Are you claiming to hold the truth? People think that everyone holds a fragment of the truth, an aspect of the truth, maybe. Believe what you want. I, myself, believe what I want, they tell us. That may be true for you, but not for me. Truth becomes subjective rather than objective, relative rather than absolute. It becomes blurred instead of being clear. It becomes like quicksand beneath our feet instead of being solid as a rock. The world today cannot say this is true, this is false, this is right, this is wrong. Some years ago, Christian chaplains of the Canadian Army were told, were instructed, you should not pray in the name of Jesus Christ anymore. You should not utter the name of Jesus Christ publicly anymore. It is offensive to others. Just say God, and that will be okay. People can then give any meaning they want to the word God. But if you mention the name of Jesus Christ, it gets too specific, too exclusive. Our Lord Jesus claims, I am the truth. He doesn't say, I come to tell you the truth, or I come to show you where to find truth. No, he says, I am the truth. Jesus reveals the truth about the Father in himself, in his own person. John 14, 7, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. It is only because Christ himself is the truth that we can truly know the Father. And this knowledge is not just intellectual, it is also personal. Truth is not only for the brain, truth is also for the heart. What do we learn about the Father when we look at his Son, Jesus Christ? We learn that God is a personal God. He is not an impersonal force in the universe. He is not a force that sets the universe into movement through cold and abstract physical laws. Truth is not merely a scientific equation. Neither is God a universal cosmic energy spreading itself into the universe, which could be picked up through some occult technique. Nor is truth a mere subjective impression. Truth is objective. Truth corresponds exactly to reality. 
Truth is strong. Truth is solid. It never deceives us. At the same time, truth is warm and personal. Truth reveals is revealed through Jesus Christ. It reveals God the Father to us. He makes us see that God is personal, that He is holy, He is righteous, gracious, and loving. Christ makes us see that God wants to communicate with us, His people, that He wants to make Himself known to us, that He wants us to know Him in truth, in communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The church must continue to faithfully preach that objective truth based on reality does exist. That truth is not something subjective based on our emotions. At the same time, we must preach that this truth is personal, that it is summed up in one person, Jesus Christ. Truth is alive and active. Truth grabs us, fills us with joy, dazzles us, convinces us, restores us, delights us, makes us alive in communion with the Father. I am the truth. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you believe in him? Do you fully trust in the perfect truth of his word? All scriptures are trustworthy. Do you seek to know his word better and better so you can walk in the joyful light of his truth? Do you let other people know about the truth? Rest assured that the word of God has the power to convince and to enlighten even the most hardened and darkened hearts. But Christ says yet another amazing thing. He says, I am the life. Adam and Eve received life in paradise. They received physical life and spiritual life. They were fully alive. What was the consequence of their sin? God said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That was true. That corresponded to reality. Indeed, this is what happened. The day they disobeyed, they died. At that very moment they died spiritually, Their love for God died out. They were dead in their hearts, and their bodies began to die also. Sufferings and illnesses entered into their lives and into the whole world up until the day of their physical death. One day, eternal death awaits those who won't believe in Christ Jesus. This is very serious. By one man's disobedience, death spread to all men, and the whole creation 
has become afflicted by the bondage of corruption. Death is so inclusive. No one can escape from the king of terrors. Today we live in a culture of death. Babies are being killed in their mother's womb. That's a very dangerous place in Canada to be, in your mother's, mother's womb. And now our society wants to kill the elderly and the sick who are experiencing acute suffering on the pretext of so-called dignity and compassion. But above all, we are surrounded by men and women who are spiritually dead, spiritually dead. They have no love for God. They do not fear God. They have no interest in His Word or in His works. Their hearts are cold and lifeless. They are dead in all that relates to God. And you know, we too were like them. We too were like them. No better. In the midst of all this death, Christ's words ring out loud and clear. I am the life. Christ has life in himself. He is the source of life. He gives life to those who belong to him. In his prayer in John 17, he says this to his father about himself and about his work. You have given your son authority over all flesh that, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. We desperately need this life. We need to be snatched from the power of death in order to live the true life. We must be regenerated by the Holy Spirit, who gives us a new heart, a heart which fears God, which loves God, which obeys God, which hopes in God. Jesus Christ has that life in himself. He is the only one who can grant us life. For those who believe in him, spiritual life begins now, today. Yes, we know sin, lies, and death are always lying in wait for us. New life is not yet fully developed in us. But let us be hopeful and thankful. It has already begun. Jesus Christ is life, our life. It is because of him that the Holy Spirit has regenerated us. Plus, we have hope. One day this new life will be given to us in all of its richness and fullness. Yes, Adam sinned, and all his descendants after him. The road was blocked, but glory be to God, Jesus Christ is the way. He brings us reconciliation. The devil deceived us by his lies, but glory to God, 
Jesus Christ is the truth. He makes the Father known to us. Death began to reign all over the earth. But glory to God, Jesus Christ is the life. He gives us life through His Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Just think of the occasion when Jesus spoke these words. In the last moment of intimacy with his disciples, in the calm before the storm that was awaiting him, his path, his own path, seemed closed as he was condemned to the cross. Many lies directed against him falsely accused him and appeared to hold the upper hand. Death itself struck the Son of God, threatening to throw us into despair. All evil powers were coming down on him, but it was God's plan of redemption. It was meant to open the way to God for us, to allow us to know the truth, the most joyful truth, and to give us life in abundance. And now, let us come. Let us come to him by faith. We don't have to do anything by ourselves. No need to build our own way through our own efforts or our own righteousness. Christ is the way that has already been totally prepared for us. No need to rack our brains looking all around for truth. Christ is the truth already revealed, accessible in his word. No need to try to instill new energy into ourselves. Christ is the life which is given to us by his spirit. All that is needed is to walk with him, believe in his word, and live fully by his spirit. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These words ring out loud and clear in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is saying to us, deep down in our hearts, yes, these words are true. These words are for me. What a wonderful Savior we have. Are we walk, walking on his path, following his way? Is our knowledge of his truth ever deepening? Are we fully living the new life he gives us? Nothing is shocking in Christ's words for us Christians. On the contrary, we find in them all that we really need. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These words give us the greatest joy. Amen.